Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast on a silly, slappy Sunday. I am your host, Jared. Don't call me Jared Bones. Bradford, I'm with Corey here, the park man, park ranger. He'll pile up your leaves. He'll he'll move your table. He'll tell you the best trails. And he knows about beavers. I'll tell you what. Uh, how's it going, everyone? First of all, I want to say I am very disappointed in the Instagram polls lately. I lose everything. Yeah. Last like, one you lost to a pile of leaves. Yeah, who would win? Corey or a big ass pile of leaves? Mm-hmm. I didn't make it. I think the one before that, I don't even remember what it was. It was me against something. An angry that, beaver or something. An like angry that. beaver. Yeah, it was an angry beaver, and I didn't win that either. I'm like, God, no one's got any faith in my ability. I can't catch a break out here. <laughs> yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Great. Back from the academy. Living the dream, been working my ass off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got a lot of well, stuff. Well, hey, that's to do. part of the fucking gig, you know? That is. It's been great. Back to gig like life. 15 to 20,000 steps a day and eating good food at home. I believe it or not, we were pretty active at the academy, but I've already lost scale weight. I've dropped 10 pounds on the scale in just over a week after being home. For, yeah. After being well, home. You know, all those steps and no more fake bacon and fake cheese and all yeah, that the crap. Paper towel so bacon, yeah. You got real stuff in your <laughs> in your system now. That's good. Yeah. So you ready to dive into some stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So today we're gonna talk about some cool stuff. The other yesterday it was yesterday, man, it was seventy five degrees in Michigan. And mm. even though you don't live in Michigan right now, I know and anyone who lives listens to this in the Midwest knows this feeling so when it's the first day when it's like really nice out you just see everybody out they're riding bikes they're walking they're smiling life is good life is happy and maybe some people who aren't used to being out in nature decide i'm gonna get outside now and believe it or not getting outside and doing and recreating is not as easy as going to your local trail and hiking on it. There are sort of some unspoken and also spoken rules uh, that you sort of need to know about and you need to be prepared to follow. So we're going to talk about some of those today, five of them actually. So that, it was a great day though. Yesterday, everyone was out and about. It was crazy because in Michigan, in the wintertime, it's, it's dead. You don't see anyone doing anything except for the crazy people. And you know that those are good people too, but like, well, that first really nice day, 
it's pretty wild to see everyone get out there. In California, it's always nice, right? Yeah, we never have down seasons here. Never have down seasons. <laughs> always outside. Yeah. Although 40 degrees is pretty cold out here. I had some friends out here that actually went back to Michigan for a wedding in Jackson just last weekend. Hmm. And they were like, oh, man, it's a different. You guys are a different breed out there. It was so <laughs> cold. Um, and it was like 37 and like windy yeah. or something like that. And it, that I, I mean, it, that's 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 cold. <laughs> I never thought twice about it, I guess. Yeah. Go go there in early February and experience, you know, below zero for weeks on end. Mm-hmm. And then 37 feels pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, you want to hop on into her? We'll get the first yeah. one going. Let's get it. What's the first rule of not being a dipshit, not being an asshole out on like in nature? Yeah. I say one thing, the biggest before we get into it, can we let's I have one question for you. Yeah. And this is so take yourself as a park ranger out of out of the question first. Okay. Yeah. What is your when you're walking a trail? What's your biggest? Do you have a pet peeve about walking trails, whether it's with other people or things you see or anything? Uh, Definitely trash litter. Mm. It drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, pretty. That's a pretty easy one. That's obvious. Like, pick up your shit. Yeah, and we're gonna talk you know, about that. But that's that's definitely for me as like a as a citizen as a human being when you walk down or walk out in nature and like you could be like way out in nature and you're gonna still find like a McDonald's bag. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. There's just a, like the, there's no there's no place untouched by us. In the what about you? Century. What's your biggest pet peeve? I think trash is an easy one. I think yeah. the next one would be someone listening to speakers out loud oh, while they're yeah. walking down the trail. I hate it. Yeah. I cannot stand it. I think it's so fucking rude. Now, is it the is it the loudness or like yeah. is it okay to play quiet music or like you just don't want you don't want to hear it? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I don't want to. Pr- uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to hear it. Really, okay. I guess that's selfish of me. But I mean, I'm out in nature. No, I, I guess I don't think it's maybe selfish. I'm allowed to be selfish. But I guess yeah. maybe they're allowed to be selfish too with whatever they want to listen to, but like, you know, I feel like just rock and roll or like rap coming down the trail. It's like, man, <laughs> I yeah, it's one of those stuff in the car. Yep. Like, let's get out here and listen to leaves move right. and shit, you know, yeah. old man stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Listen to deer say, Hey, how you doing? Oh, oh. <laughs> move. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, all right, let's so do this. So there, we got five, five, we got five good, got good things here. So let's get into the first one. Yeah. The first one is planning ahead and preparing. So some of you are probably outdoor recreation. Uh, you're, you're very experienced. You've done it for years. You don't feel like you need a refresher. And some of you maybe have never done it before. So this will be very helpful to all of you because for the, the ones who've done it for a long time, it's a good reminder. And for the ones who are just starting out, it'll be good to know. So. You'll uh, you'll want to know where you're going, especially if you're going to a trail. And this is because when you start hiking and you don't know where you're going and you find out five miles in that you're lost as fuck, um, bad things tend to happen. So you want to know your route. You want to know where you're going. And if you're new to this or you're new to the area, maybe start small and, you know, find a local trail system that's fairly accessible and because they're out there they're pretty much everywhere and make yourself familiar with it and just explore from there also uh, a big thing that i've found 
when I go somewhere that has cell service, I feel way more at ease with exploring and not really knowing the area because I can pull up maps and see where I'm at and actually track, you know, what, where I need to go. Oh, I need to go south. Oh, I need to go east, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, the other bit, I mean, make yourself familiar with a map and a compass because if you can read a map and you know how to use a compass, you can orienteer yourself pretty much anywhere. So GPS or use of a map and compass, and it's hard to to use a map and a compass. It's not like a skill that is commonly known anymore. So you you have to do a little bit of digging into how to how to actually do that. Even how you hold the compass in a lot of ways, you have to make sure it's flat, either on your hand or on a table or you know on the ground on a rock, whatever. Um, so you can know which way you are going. Another good tip. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, I mean, they have the All Trails app now, which kind of yes. protects everybody if you have that, you don't yeah. have it. It's a great resource to find trails, too. And yep. you can download the map before you go into no cell service. That yes, actually saved me point. and Jess in Yosemite. We, we thought we were lost. We didn't recognize anything. Mm. And then our cell wasn't there at all. Right. And we just guessed. We honestly kind of got lucky. <laughs> it was like yeah. sun was setting. It was crazy. But uh, right. yeah, but All Trails is a good, good resource. So. Yep. Okay. All Trails is good. And then another, uh, another app for your phone is called Onyx. It's O-N and then the letter X. Um, and mm-hmm. it shows you, it's a land map basically that you can download kind of like All Trails. But it shows you, uh, this is more for like hunting stuff. It shows you where state land is. It shows you where private land is. Who owns the property. Uh, right. Stuff like that. So that's really helpful for that type of outdoor recreation, which hunting is part of outdoor recreation. Then you know where you are. You know, oh, I can't be here because this is private property, or I can be here because this is, you know, the Manistee National Forest and whatever. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I have, uh, I think, like, 80-ish acres of Manistee National Forest property just north of my house. So I went and hunted that area, and I hiked in, and I hiked out. And it was really cool because I had no idea where I was. You're close to Cadillac. You're, I mean, I'm close to my house, but you get a little bit far back in there and you would never guess like Mm -hmm. that your house was 200 yards away or 300 yards away or a mile away or whatever. So those types of apps, all trails or Onyx are super helpful. And then even uh, like in Michigan, the department of natural resources puts out trail maps. Uh, So like a lot of times if you show up to, and this is more for like motorized trailheads, they'll have maps and this is pre COVID. So they used to have physical maps or you can go online you know, michigandnr.com, and there are maps you can print off there. That's kind of the way that things have moved. We don't really have physical maps that you can just grab on the go anymore. So that's something to be prepared for. If you're going to go out on your dirt bike or on a quad, um, go on to, if you're whatever state you're in, go to their parks and rec or, you know, how whoever manages it and find some maps because mm-hmm. they will also be helpful. Um, Prepare for extreme weather hazards and emergencies. So more than likely, especially if you're hiking on an easier trail that's, you know, close to town or whatever, nothing's probably going to happen, but you still want to prepare as if something will. So wear layers, bring some very like basic shelter equipment and pack some very basic food items and bring water. Um, Those are all really easy things to do. And then basic first aid equipment, uh, bring that with you too. 
it's hard when you go out, especially for like, I'm just going for a little hike. It's like, wow, why do I need, why would I ever need to bring a first aid kit on a mile hike, you know, behind my house? Because if you fall and you get a compound fracture in your leg, you're probably going to want some first aid equipment. (laughs) So keep that in mind. We, when I lived in Colorado, it was obviously a lot more wild than the lower peninsula of Michigan. I would always bring like MREs with me in my backpack when I'd hike in Colorado, just because Mm -hmm. you never know. It's better to play it on the safe side. So yeah, that's a smart one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just bring, you know, bring some granola bars, just something, bring something, something Um, extra. Yep. And then also bring yourself something to make. So a noise making device is also very helpful. Your voice is helpful, but in a search and rescue situation, there's five factors five factors of uh you know most probable detection so you've got the size of the person that you're looking for the color of the clothing that they're wearing the contrast with like the natural background and then noise so uh that's why i like i don't have a whistle yet but like carrying a whistle is a good idea because you can mm-hmm. make really loud noise like people will hear that um out in out in the wilderness so keep stuff like that on you because if you do get lost the best thing you can do is stay seated stay put um if you're actually truly lost so the other the fifth element of that search and rescue is movement so the ability of you to move if you're lost um best practice is generally to just stay seated stay calm and have a good attitude about it because otherwise bad news bears Mm -hmm. so um let's see what are some other quick tips about planning ahead and preparing use uh man another thing that really pisses me off you know those rock cairns you know people stack rocks like they used to be like trail markers um, and now yeah but now it's like uh, I'm gonna post this on Instagram because, like, look, look at me. I'm out in the, I'm out in the woods. Um, don't do that shit. It actually accelerates the speed of erosion. So anytime I see cairns, whether I'm on duty or not, I always kick them over. <laughs> oh, dude, there's so many of those in Yosemite. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep, it's uh, back in the trails. It might sound like a really lakes. like annoying thing, but it re- it does speed up erosion. You're removing, you're removing you know, rocks and whatnot from. Yeah. Why does it speed up erosion? It seems, I mean, well, when you're removing, so you're like, let's say you're removing like solid objects. So when you remove, remove a rock or 20 rocks to make a cairn, the dirt that those rocks were holding in will, you know, move to other locations. It'll erode that location more quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a geologist. I don't know the exact science behind it, but that's like the layman's term, you know, way to describe it. So it's perfect. Yeah. Don't do that. And then flagging tape. People use flagging tape a lot when uh, they're out hunting on state property in Michigan. I always any like I hunt state property too. I always take that stuff down. It's just don't do it. It's plastic flagging tape. It's trash. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So don't do stuff like that. Um, but yeah. So planning ahead and preparing. Those are just some quick fire tips. Uh, the next step to it's a it's sort of a piece of planning ahead and preparing but it's i think it's worthy of talking about because 
we, this is what we deal with all the time as park rangers. Uh, familiarize yourself with whatever park or the land, you know, that you're going to use. There are, I guarantee you there are land use rules and regulations that go along with that. So depending on where you're at, what state you're in, they probably have like a state park pass that you're going to need to have to get into these areas. So like with us to come into a state park, to come into a day use area, to come into a boat launch, come into a trailhead, you have to buy what's called a recreation passport and you put it on your license plate or you put it on your windshield or you're out of state, whatever. Um, people get somewhat frustrated with this because they don't understand why they have to pay. They think their taxes pay for this. Your tax money does not actually go to the state park system. We are completely self-funded, and a lot of that funding comes from recreation passport sales. So, like, when you see a new, I don't know, playground or bathroom building or whatever, um, or people cleaning those things, it's because you buy a recreation passport. That's what funds that. So, hmm. stuff like that. And then there's rules that go, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, like basic rules that go along with visiting a state park or whatever. You can't play your music super loud. Your dog needs to be on a leash, stuff like that. Those are all actually ticketable offenses. Um, and it's a, it's pretty amazing. And it, just a small amount of education. And most of the time people are fine. They don't, they don't get upset about it, but um, littering also like don't do it. It's annoying. It's really, really mm-hmm. annoying. Um, super lazy. It's incredibly lazy. Yep. So familiarize yourself with rules. Call the park. Call and ask ahead of time what they need to be aware of. And uh, I don't know about other states. I don't know about national parks as much because I've never camped in one as an adult. But like when we hand people their camp permit, on the back of the camp permit is eight of the more important rules. And they're right there for you. So like just familiarize yourself with that. You also agree to all these rules when you make reservations, at least in Michigan, in the state of Michigan. You, uh, when you make your reservation, you agree to follow all of the rules. So when people are like, I don't have to do that, that's stupid. Like, well, unfortunately, you click the box that says you agree to follow all the rules and, <laughs> and whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, that's just a thing that will make everybody's life easier. And some people just don't know. And like I said, a small conversation will will ease that pain. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's see. There are a lot of rules. I hate to say it, but like when you go and you do some of this stuff, the, the biggest reason there's rules in place, and you, Bones, you know this, it's to protect nature. It's to protect the resource, right? Because we want the resource to be available to your kids, to your grandkids, to, to generations you know, for generations to come. So it's not just to to annoy people. There's good reasons for it. It's pe- keep people safe, keep the resource safe. So yeah, totally. Yeah. So going off that, being considerate. This is number three. Uh, being considerate of other visitors. So this goes off uh, exactly what you were talking about. When you're on a trail, maybe don't play super loud music. Um, when you're at a campsite, people don't want to hear your radio blaring at 11 p.m. or midnight. They don't want right. to hear it at 1 p.m. Um, yeah, honestly, it sucks. That's the type of stuff. Like, if you want to do that, stay home. 
stay home, do it in your backyard. Uh, it, it, and we do, we do with that all the time, everywhere. Um, people come out and they want to party. They want to, you know, be ridiculous and carry on. Just do it somewhere else. It's just not the place to do it. Um, and that's, that's a big issue that we have. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a pretty simple thing that you can do, but, uh, the natural park or the national park service puts it in a good way. They say, let nature's sounds prevail, avoid loud noises and, uh, also voices. So yelling, screaming, all that type yeah. of stuff. It's just not There's something about walking around a campground. I have like these vivid memories as a child. And there's always, I guess there always be somebody playing loud music somewhere or something like that. But like, it's mostly the smell that comes to me, like the the campfire smell and like yes, just the overall feeling of being in a campground like that yeah. is awesome because there's not the noises of the freeway or cars going around. There's not that like background right noise of industry. Yeah, there's just campfire smell yep. and banter kind of if yeah. you're even hearing that so it's great right. yeah when when music interrupts that it's a huge bummer and i think that it's not to say that you can't come into a campground or whatever and not play music it's just being respectful you know like yeah, maybe don't blare your, your music distance. right and understand like especially at the park that i work in um the, the sites are pretty close to each other and I guarantee you that the people next door who are in tents that are in bed do not want to hear your shitty music at midnight. Guarantee mm-hmm. you, they do not want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty obnoxious. And like, man, yeah, the some of the stories that I could tell that I probably won't about parties and loud music and people partying on in places they shouldn't in the middle of nowhere and pretty crazy some of the stuff yeah. that people get up to burning picnic tables and stuff <laughs> in the campground well these a lot of times this happens out in the state forest campgrounds that's oh. where things get a lot more wild boonies. but it depends on the campground like uh, luckily the campground i work in is pretty pretty chill we're a very family oriented spot and so um we don't have a ton of problems but man out in the state forest it gets pretty wild so Talking about number four, littering, disposing of waste properly. And uh, this also means your human waste, Bones. Mm. You want to know what my biggest pet peeve is as a park ranger? Someone shitting in your bed. Well, someone shitting in my bed, absolutely. (laughs) When I walk in to clean a bathroom and, like, someone has shat all over the place. (laughs) <laughs> yeah why that's good why <laughs> they probably I, do that at their house dude but that's what i'm saying like s- some of these people need to go back and be re-taught how to use the bathroom properly because, or taught or taught period like i will be glad to hold a seminar on how to shit in a toilet you should hold a campground seminar on shitting in the toilet it's so this bad is, huh? some, some of the have horror a belt. stories see yeah. this belt and this is like a seat, like a chair. My God, dude. It's so and bad. And you, you sit on it? Yep. This is a great time to look at your phone. <laughs> yeah, you just... 
silently let it go. Yep. So that's super uncool. I I just want to emphasize this. What's the this. worst? I, let Let's get oh. Let's get weird, man. What's the worst? What's the worst? The worst one that I probably have ever had. So I walk in. It was a vault toilet, so a pit toilet out in the state forest campgrounds. And what does that mean? So basically, like a, there's a big house. There's like a bit. Yeah, it's an outhouse. Yep. And it's, okay. Yep. So I walk in, and um, it was like brown artwork all over the walls, all over the riser. So the riser is the actual toilet, right? And it's just shit like everywhere. And it like someone not, was making a finger painting or something. Well, th- there was handprints on the walls too. Oh, and they were mentally ill. It was not solid. It was very not solid. And then to top oh. it all off, um, there was a, a huge pile of vomit in there. Nice. So like, this is the problem when you go out to these places and you just get shit faced. I I have to imagine that this person had to be just absolutely shit faced because why? Why in God's name would you do this? And here's the thing that I want people to remember. And I can almost guarantee that anyone listening to this podcast are not the ones that are shitting all over our public restrooms in our state parks and whatnot. However, I want people to remember that somebody has to clean that up and that somebody is someone like me or you know someone that works in the park and it's really unpleasant. Like, it's so unpleasant. I remember that first summer I was working at the park, and my whole job was state forest, and I'd go out, and we'd collect money, and we'd talk to people, and we'd clean toilets. By the end of some days, I would I would walk into a pit toilet, into an outhouse, and I would, I would just gag. I would just gag because I was, like, I was up to, I couldn't take the shit anymore because people are just so gross. <laughs> And you do that all day, like all day. You're just cleaning. It's crazy up that it's not. An, it's not an isolated incident, like. And it happens everywhere, man. Like, dude, when park rangers get together, it's like you. You the stories that come out are pretty epic because isn't it? <sighs> it's okay. just not isolated. Like you said, it's not isolated. It happens everywhere. I don't understand why. I literally. What is it? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to decipher. Like, what is it? Because the people who do it mostly because, like, oh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm gonna get away with this. Yeah. Like, but why? Why? Like, yeah, right. Like, what in it in our you brain? You it to the man? Not just, it's not isolated. It's not one person. Yeah. It's something in our brain from, right. you know, 10,000 years ago. It's right. like, it's I'm like going to get away with something dirty and like yeah. bad. And it's like you're bra- somewhere deep inside. We want to break the rules. We don't know how. So we shit on the walls. You could be, you could be in a campground and that could be the only bathroom. And you just absolutely fucked it up for everybody yeah and here like it it blows my mind some of the stuff that i've seen that has just i you you open the door up and you're just like why why like did this person did they need to see a doctor did they die like (laughs) are you okay like honestly i want i wish i could like have a conversation and with these people and be like are you are you all right Uh, but well so that uh, I mean, disposing of waste properly—that's the good start to it. <laughs> speaking of manure, is this a good time to talk about? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Absy <Our> Farms, sh- <laughs> baby. <laughs> Let's go. Let's talk about good manure. Yeah, good manure. So I just saw a video today. The grass 
is growing beautifully, finally. And they have the chickens out in pasture because the chickens are really important. They scratch the ground up looking for bugs and worms. Yeah. And then they fertilize the ground with their poop. So they moved all the cows into the main pasture uh, at Apsi Farms. And it's so great because when you see these videos, like they open up the fence and they the cows just run in and they're jumping around all happy. Whoa. It's so yeah, they're so happy. They're like, oh, fresh Whoa. grass. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's so it's great. So Apsi yeah. Farms is where Connor and I get all of our grass. meat products and you know chicken, beef, pork, eggs, all pasture raised, all regenerative agriculture, grass fed, good stuff. Like I always say, it's good for you, good for your mm -hmm. family, and just good for everyone. So during the summertime, I will I want to say Apsi Farms does deliver to fewer states because it is warmer and they can't they don't feel they can safely ship to as many states. So go to eatwild.com to find the closest regenerative agriculture farm, the pasture farm near you, and reach out. Go and visit. Check it out. Meet your meat. And uh, in the meantime, though, Apsi Farms is still going to be shipping to about 20 states, uh, even through the summer. And when you go there, because we have an, a wonderful partnership with Apsi Farms at the Weekly Warrior, put in the code WARRIOR10 for 10% off your first order, and you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. I, I guarantee it. Because at Apsi Farms, they raise my meat right every time. <laughs> yeah, it gets weirder every time you say it. I like it. <laughs> you know, going off that Apps Farm is great. We, uh, me and Jess went out to this restaurant a couple weeks ago. It's called Yosemite Ranch, and it's a steakhouse. They market it as like a steakhouse, and but there's some other dishes. So we decided to go. It's right down the street. We haven't been yet. Heard good things. We went in, and it's like packed. It's always busy. Super yeah. packed. Yep. And uh, it's not like. It's just so big and busy. And when we sat down, it was just loud. Like yeah. so many people, like picture cafeteria. It yes. was basically cafeteria, but it was like dark and, you know, nice mood lighting and stuff. But mm. anyways, we were like looking around and we like ordered trim cocktail and we're like, huh. And like I ordered a steak and then I like looked around and I was like, man, are you even thinking about what's going on right now? Like, look at all of these people in here. There's probably like 300 or 400 people in here. And yeah. this is happening every single weekend, at least three nights a week. Yeah. And they're just shoveling out steaks. Yeah. And meats and everything. I'm like, where's all this coming from? Like, and she's right. like, yeah, this is kind of gross. Right. <laughs> it's kind of gross to think about. Yeah. Um, because it's just coming from factory farms that are just, yeah, man, not even animals. So, and I, uh, I want to, give some personal experience. We talked a about my food choices while at the Academy. And I like, if there is proof of higher quality food working and like working miracles, it's, it's my experience with it. I, I ate shit for two months at the Academy. I get home for like a week and a half. Everything has been organic pasture raised. Most of it from Apsi farms or venison that I also harvested at Apsi Farms. And, like, my stomach within a week and a half has gotten back to a point where I feel good. I'm able to perform at a pretty high level consistently. Like, my joints are feeling better already. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's amazing to me. I don't, I don't think, we talk about 
we don't talk about the health benefits enough as far as like a day to day thing. Like you just feel better eating this way and it's so important. And I know like the biggest pushback I get when I talk to people about it is, well, it costs too much to feed a family. And it was like, well, what do you value uh, in your family? You know, like, do you want a $500 a month car payment or would you rather spend less than that? Obviously like less than that on high quality meats that will, will, will truly nourish your entire family. So those are questions that you have to ask yourself when, when you're sitting there thinking, well, this is maybe too expensive. It's not in the grand scheme of things. You're spending your money on, on other things. What are you spending your money on? So think about that. Like take a look at what you're actually spending your money on and, and uh, get out to one of your local farms or better yet, buy, buy from Mm appsyfarms.com. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's worth feeling good about. Okay, well, let's go Let's go back into number four. I think we're on number four, yeah? Yeah, we're still talking about disposing of waste properly. So I'm going to get oh, off the... we didn't the, finish. Uh, yeah, I asked you what the worst case scenario was. Okay. Yeah, so like, Dispose that's your like, waste. Uh, I, need, I was just more like a vent. That was like a therapy session talking about uh, some of the, the shitty stuff that we see. But like, the other stuff that drives me crazy is just the general lack of, and this isn't from everybody, and this is a very, I think, a small percentage of people that just dump trash. They come out into state forest property. Most of the time it's in state forest property, very less often in the campgrounds, the like state parks. Um, and they just dump trash. There's trash bags full of shit. I've had, uh, more than one occasion where you find like someone's come out and service their vehicle and left used oil, um, car parts, stuff like that. And it's like infern like furniture, all the time, Jeez. toilets, um, yeah. couches, mattresses. Um, and again, somebody's cleaning that up. And it, it might not be you, but somebody's cleaning it up. And it's just so irresponsible. And it, it, it aggravates the ever-living shit out of me. Yeah. Um, not just Please. as someone who works out there, but someone who, like a citizen, a, per, a yeah. person who likes nature. <laughs> yeah, man. It's... it's... That's pretty awful. Those people have never been checked in their life. <clears throat> so like they just think whatever the easiest way to do something or convenient for them is the right way. And it's okay. Cause yeah. no one's ever told them, no, you're fucking wrong. Yep. <laughs> and check my passive aggressive side would, if I ever could, if I ever caught somebody, like, let's say I caught somebody doing, you know, their vehicle maintenance out there and they left a bunch of shit and I could find out where yeah. they lived, I would take all of that stuff and I would just dump it in their front yard. Yeah. Or better yet, dump it in their living room. How do you like that? Yeah. But to be honest, the place they live is probably a shithole too. Yeah. So they probably wouldn't notice. They probably wouldn't even notice. But that's saying all that to say, the point is dispose of your waste properly. So like in every state forest campground, we have a trash dumpster for campers. Dump your shit in the dumpster. But people come in that aren't camping and they again they dump furniture they dump tires they you know what i mean mm-hmm. or they just throw it out the window so be responsible with that stuff um use biodegradable soaps if you're washing dishes stuff like that it's really simple simple stuff that can make a huge difference in our lives as park employees and mother nature will appreciate your efforts greatly <laughs> yeah um, and there's never an end. There's never an end of the uh, the trash. It's always like we could spend 
an entire summer out picking up trash because it's always a problem. So the worst is um, we'll come across like abandoned campsites and um, it's like they must have been living there for a period of time and they just left everything. Mm-hmm. So trash bags full of like documents, garbage, like stuff everywhere. I mean, we we've dumped multiple truckloads from one campsite before. Um wow. just a, a crap that people have just abandoned and left um for someone else to clean up. So keep it in mind. That's that's first hand accounts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So hate it. Don't like it. Uh number five. So we're gonna move on from that. That is a very important one though. And if now as a commissioned officer if I come across if I ever catch people doing that shit, they will get a ticket immediately. <laughs> There is not going to be much, uh, much leeway for that. So, number five, leave what you find. This is, this is an interesting one. It's uh, like, don't go in and take stuff from nature because some of that stuff does not get made again. Um, Don't introduce new things into a new area. That's how we get what's called invasive species, which wreaks havoc on an ecosystem. Uh, Michigan waters and um, on land too plants. So there's invasive fish species that have decimated, uh, you know, local native fish species because at some point or another, and a lot of times this was this was done before people really knew. Like, oh, I'm gonna bring this fish from Japan in because we need more fish to catch, and then all of a sudden that fish from Japan has eaten <laughs> everything, everything that's native to the water. So yeah. Uh, be careful about that. Don't build structures. Don't build furniture. Don't dig trenches. Like, just just don't do that shit. Come out, enjoy nature, take out what you bring in, um, and you know, mm-hmm. be good about it. Michigan's weird though. Like, Michigan has a rule for um, like rocks. You can remove a certain weight of rocks every day. Um, huh. Like, if you're a collector or whatever. Look at um, these rocks. Yeah. I have people, like, more people than you might think ask, can I take rocks out? Like, is that legal? Um, and I, it's like a really gray area because you don't want them to just come in and remove pounds and pounds of rocks. But, like, yes and no at the same, like, yes, yeah. but consider your choices before you do that. Yeah. So, leave what you find. Try your best to... To not mess around, like I said, uh, we we oftentimes will come across like um, lean tos on trail systems and stuff that people have built, and uh, you know what various structures like that. It's like just don't. I get it. It's kind of fun. Take it down when you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, take it down when you're done. It's pretty simple. So, yeah, nice. I mean, as a those kid, are five things. Let me. Folks. I'm gonna recap those five things real quick. The five things that you need to know before you go out and recreate is planning ahead and preparing, familiarizing yourself with park and land use rules, be considerate of other visitors, dispose of your waste properly, and leave what you find. Sounds pretty good to me. Sounds like a legal time. Yeah, I um, got to think, too. Like, just enjoy yourself. You're out there to make memories. Like some of my best memories are camping and getting out and 
going out on the boat and doing that type of stuff. And those memories and those ability, the ability to go out and recreate like that for kids, especially is huge. Um, so anytime we see kids out, uh, in the campground and they're doing stuff, we really make sure to, to make that interaction good because we want them to have those, those good memories. And mm-hmm. that's what, that's what getting outside is about is spending time with loved ones, your family, your friends, and, and don't, don't be an asshole. You go out there, just don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Great. That was good. Cool. Don't be an yeah. asshole. Don't be an asshole. Get outside. Good for you. Don't be an asshole. Cool. All right. Well, this concludes. This has been a successful episode. How to recreate responsibly. Yeah. All right. We'll be back next week. See you next week.